Disclaimer. The views expressed on this episode of Perspective Platoon with Pratik are solely the opinions of the host and the guest. The content of the conversation is not reflective of the institutions or establishments mentioned therein. Take all these opinions with a pinch of salt and a dash of lime if needed. Namaskara, good morning, good afternoon or good evening whenever you're watching or listening and welcome to this episode of Perspective Platoon with Pratik. My guest this week is Yvonne Wong. Yvonne and I, like most of my guests on this episode or the podcast rather, uh, met through the University of Central Oklahoma. Uh, we've been friends for a while now and I've had quite a few random conversations, but none this long, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, in this episode, we spoke about a wide range of topics. And while I mean wide, I mean really wide. We start from something as silly as uh, poop <laughs> to something as deep as being thankful and uh, learning from expectations and some lessons that life throws our way. So there's definitely a lot to laugh about, a lot to learn about, and a lot to sort of absorb about as people from this episode. So without further ado, I present to you Yvonne Wong on this episode of Perspective Platoon with Pratik. <laughs> the literal shit talk is getting me to laugh while I'm making this intro, and I am not going to cut this out. <laughs> but enjoy this episode. Hey, Yvonne, how's it going? Hi, I'm doing great right now in Malaysia. So yeah, everything so so far so good. How are you? I feel like I haven't speak to you in a very, very long time since I graduate, I think. So, oh, by the way, I wanted to say congratulations to your, on your graduation. You just thank graduated, you, Thank right? you. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 I did, I did, I did, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. And yeah, it has been a while since we've spoken, so I guess yeah. this is a great way to just chat. Catch up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just to catch yeah. up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So before we get started, let the people know who you are, uh, what some of your mm-hmm. likes are, some of your dislikes, some of your okay. interests, your future aspirations, and anything else that you want to add. <laughs> okay, so my name's Yvonne. Um, I graduated from UCO, that's how I met Pratik in which is University of Central Oklahoma. I don't know if I need to clarify that or not. But yeah, I graduated from there. I'm currently doing my master's right now in Oklahoma State University. So that is exciting. I've never thought that I would be in master's program at all. Never in my life. So yeah, um, likes and dislikes. I love food so much. If I have one dream in my life, would be like eat as much as I can and not get fat <laughs> okay that's, that's one of the <laughs> dreams that I would like it to come true so yeah and no dislikes I cannot think about any right now I think I'm very easily annoyed with sounds like what kind of sounds like for example if I'm sleeping in the morning or I'm just I'm just doing my things if anyone mm-hmm. just have like a loud bang or I don't know, plates, those kind of sounds annoys me a lot. Now, I'll get a little bit ticked off <laughs> by the things that are not even 
you know, yeah. So that's one of my dislikes. Yeah, I just like mm. quiet and peaceful environment. I don't really like noises, like unnecessary noises. I would say. So yeah, it's kind of random and weird, but there you go. <laughs> Hey no hey uh, those random and weird things make us who we are so <laughs> that's totally fine that's totally fine uh any future aspirations or any other interests that you want to share if you're comfortable um, sharing so right now like i said i'm doing my masters right so if i graduated and i maybe will work a p- couple of years then i want to actually come home and be lecturer in any of the universities so Yeah, that's what I aspire to be in the future because I really like how the education system, more like how the professors social with us students over here in the United States. So I would love to bring this back to Malaysia. Like mm. the teaching styles, why not? So yeah, that's what I that's what I wanted to do in the future. Mm. Cool. And for those of them who don't know, do you want to mention what you're studying? Right okay. Now? So my master's is in communication, mass communication, and specifically, um, it is in the global communication field, global studies, mm. which talks a lot about um public diplomacy or how country and country kind of communicate each other or the things that each countries are competing for in a communication. Bases and, for example, things like um, tourism or student exchange. What we had, like what we're doing right now, these are all part of global communication. So, yeah, these mm. are the things that I'm currently studying, and yeah, it is really, really ch- message is really challenging. I've never expected it to be so different from like undergraduate mm. degree. So yeah. Mm. And what got you interested in studying mass communications and uh, oh, I, both in undergrad and grad school? So, ever since I'm young, I am a very talkative person. So, at home, like my Malaysian home, I have like a glass shelf full, full of the trophies that I had, and it's only from like primary school, which is. What is primary school in the United States called? I don't think everyone calls it primary school. Like the is it like grade. first grade to sixth grade or something like that? Yeah, they they have they have like a word for it, but I don't remember. I honestly don't yeah. know either. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that is why that is when I actually competed in a lot of different storytelling competition, and mm. basically it's in like all different languages, like Mandarin, English, and Malay. And I would get always like the first or second place in my school. And when you win, you will represent your school, and then you will represent your um city. And then I've never got to represent the state, but yeah, that's how I was like a public speaker ever since I was young. And then when I go to high school, middle school, um, my school didn't really have a lot of like storytelling or. Basically, public speaking competition. So I stopped, but I was also very outgoing. Like when I was、mm. in middle school, I also performed a lot in school, and I was very active socially. And then, so that kind of just brought me into I'm a public speaker, more of like outgoing social communication girl. 
So uh, that's how I chose communication as a major. I actually wanted to pick between biology and communication. And my mom, <laughs> she did not persuade me into communication. She was just telling me what she thinks. Like, why would mm. I be more suitable in mm. um, communication major rather than biology? So that's kind of mm. like the backstory of how I chose communication as my major so yeah gotcha but why was biology the other option i'm curious <laughs> i okay this might sound really weird but when i was in high school i love watching like the people who are i think 16 17 it's like one of their classes they're the form six so we like in middle school we have form one two three four and five you eventually you just graduate but if you didn't go to Mm. college and you are under like the government system then you can choose to go to form six so these form six students they will have little like dissections um session Mm -hmm. on like rats and frogs and i would be so so interested like, mm. I am really into all these kind of things when I was really young. And I was like, mm-hmm. if I can be, you know, a biology and learn about all these things, then that would be great. But what I didn't realize was I'm not a super huge plant person. So biology is oh. not only about, like, animals and, like, human, but there's also a part of it, which is plants. But, yeah, right. that was one of the reasons why, because that just amazed me a lot, like... Mm how how yeah it's kind of it's kind of sad when they dissect all these animals but at the same time i was really really like intrigued by it as well i went every single time when they have this when they have this session like i'm Mm. always there so yeah that's Mm. like the biology story which now you think about it doesn't really make sense for me to just choose biology as a major and how my mom's wise enough to tell me why communication major suits me yeah. more yeah <laughs> but what, what was it about the dissections like was it like the sort of uh, part where you get to cut them open or was it mm. the part about like you get to analyze them what was it or was it just simply think, the dissections i think it's how like because we always see the outside of no mm. matter if it's an animal human you never get to see the inside, like the organs and everything attached to one another and how everything is like inside. So that interests me. Like I would, I don't know if you, I don't know if it's a, I'm, I'm pretty sure not everyone can have, but if there's like a um, open like viewing room for public just to go and watch like surgeries, I would mm. go because I'm very <laughs> interested in whatever it's inside. Mm. Yeah. Mm interesting that's, that's yeah. fascinating yeah like i guess it's very weird like how we're very curious about very different things uh yeah. like mass communication and biology are so like opposite, is there you know is there something weird that you're curious about like not weird but you think it's not common well i mean the things that i listen to like the things that i followed it's probably common in those circles but I'm really interested about like uh, drugs and like psychedelics uh, oh. because of how they have a spiritual connection in some cases. Um, mm. Now, I'm not like 
for those of you who are listening, I've not had anything. Because <laughs> if I had, my parents would have disowned me by now. But <laughs> You're just curious, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just curious about it because, um, well, there's a lot of uh, ancient sort of concoctions and like drugs that um, have like helped people advance spiritually. Yeah, yeah. Um, like there's this thing um, called ayahuasca in mm-hmm. uh, from south america and mm-hmm. um yeah there's peyote in like native american culture ayahuasca like i don't know if you've heard ayahuasca. Like it's a type of it's a type of drug it's so ayahuasca is like a tea uh it's kind of like okay. they put two different okay. plants and they make a tea out of it and then mm-hmm. once they make that tea and for those of you listening who probably know better than me, you can mention the specifics of it in the comments. But <laughs> so basically, um, you make that tea out of the two herbs and then mm-hmm. you uh, basically consume it. And usually it's done in like a, with a shaman. So there is like a shaman. You know what a shaman is? Like a priest, if you will. Like yeah. somebody who will help you sort of conduct the process. Yeah. Uh, so I've heard people talk about stories where it's also it also does like a body cleansing. So people tend to, uh, I might have to uh, censor this out, but people tend to hit themselves or people tend to throw up a lot. Um, mm. So their body like tends to clean up when they consume that. And once the drug, like the actual drug becomes active in their body, uh, they see certain visions. And uh, apparently there's like a mother-like figure that guides them through the trip. So every single person who consumed the tea sees the same figure. Do you know? Everybody has a different experience. Okay, okay. But if, from whatever I've heard, everybody talks about a feminine sort of energy being present huh. while they were in that, um, while they were in that uh, trip, basically. So, yeah, like those things sort of intrigue me, because. Um, <laughs> I mean, again, like there's other schools of thought that say that you don't necessarily need psychedelics to like advance yourself spiritually. You can always do that through meditation. Um, But uh, psychedelics is sort of like a fast forward way of doing it. Whereas meditation is like the more slower process of doing it. Um, But yeah, there's people. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. No. So so after like the process, they Uh, become like a better, do you know, like, I don't know what you've heard like how are they after like the entire cleansing like so again this is based off of what i've heard like people say that um (laughs) they come to a better understanding of themselves um Mm. and the things that they want um for example like i've probably mentioned this guy on my pages a lot but like one of the people i really follow is this uh content creator called beer biceps his name is Ranveer uh, and he's a content creator in India. So he talked about his story of doing ayahuasca and uh, he sort of mentioned mm-hmm. how um, the trip took, took him to his past memories as well to sort of help him um, resolve some of the problems or some of the insecurities that he had. And mm-hmm. I hope I'm not like putting words into his mouth, but basically he, he mentioned those things. And he also yeah. mentioned the fact that there was a part in that trip where um, he was certain he was directed in a certain way to sort of take the path that he's taken right now um, as a content creator and all that sort of stuff. 
So yeah, wow. people tend to mention that it elevates people spiritually. And <laughs> this is this is slightly funny, but there is this um, historian slash journalist called Graham Hancock. I don't know if you've heard his name. Uh, he's a British uh, journalist, uh-huh. and he does research about a lot of these stuff and like history and all that. And he was saying that a lot of these politicians should take it. That way they can become more empathetic as people and like, you know, spiritually yeah, grow like, and, yeah. and not be, not be bad people. <laughs> oh, that's just a side note. So yeah, but basically that's something that I'm really curious about. Very interested. Yeah, it's really interesting to see how there's so many things everyone can be interested in. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And this, like bouncing off of what we were talking about, how the, uh, biology and mass communication is so opposite Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the way i talk about what i just said it seems like i'm okay with people consuming drugs whereas i study forensic science in university where uh, they are against it exactly you're catching people who are consuming all that sort of stuff or you're so excuse me or you're sort Mm of analyzing for all those kind of things so yeah it's very interesting how we can be interested in uh a lot of different things but yeah uh, yeah, so <laughs> bouncing off of that, um, what other things are you curious about? Um, let me see. No, not much, but I really, really love to like. I like to learn about the world and hmm. the people's culture. That's also one of the reason why I chose global communication because I think coming to the U.S. being like an international person. Mm-hmm. in the u.s makes me want to be aware more it's not like when i come mm-hmm. here at first you know maybe you just want to you know i want to bring my own culture to you know this community but like i say i've never really tried vietnamese food until mm-hmm. i come to the united states mm-hmm. like who knew that i would learn so much about like vietnam and vietnamese and like their food and culture when I come to the United States, it's it's really interesting that how we can exchange our lives lives and like culture and oh sorry, it's okay. the alarm went off. <laughs> but yeah, like I like I say, I'm really really amazed me how when I transfer here, I never thought that I would meet so many other people from so many other different countries, and we can all mm. just come together and share our culture i don't have to travel to like vietnam or even like india or pakistan to actually try their food because of our international student association we get to experience so much so yeah learning about other people's culture is also what i'm interested in and traveling is what i would also want to do a lot in the future so Mm. yeah that's like my area of interest other than, other than the organs thing, I don't really have anything that <laughs> really interests me that much. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. From the things that you've tried here, uh, what was your favorite in terms of the food? Like, as in, like, from all the different of the international different... foods. Yeah. Um, I would want to say it's definitely Vietnamese pho and their mm-hmm. sandwich, the banh mi. Also because there's there's so many Vietnamese in Oklahoma and like good restaurants, but like all of the other foods that I've tried from other countries are based of like 
international events. I don't really get to experience mm. like the. I don't even know where they get it from, or, um, and I I know that for Indians, you guys have this dumplings thing, right? Is it? Is that? It's is called that, momos. Yes, yes. I wanted to say, mofo, but no, it's. Mofo. <laughs> Isn't that something else? I don't know if it's something else, but anyways, yeah. So. Essentially, it's just the same thing, quite very similar with Chinese dumplings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? You guys, what what do you guys have inside? Like different things, right? You have the vegetable version one, and then, like, is there meat inside also? Like pork? Yeah, or there is. So some... momos are sort of inspired from like the north, um, mm-hmm. the north part of the country, and it's very famous even in uh, places like Nepal. Um, mm, okay. It's not as common where I come from, like in the south, but okay. um, yeah, from what I know, it comes with vegetable stuffing or with chicken stuffing or with both. Yeah, um, and and they sell it both steamed. fried or uh huh. Yeah, or and steamed. then and I think what's the difference between like ours is the sauce. Like you guys have this special sauce, and I've also tried palak paneer in like, mm. the US. There's so many things I've tried before that I've never tried in Malaysia. But I would say my favorite, it's definitely pho and the Vietnamese sandwich. Because whenever I go to OKC and then we're looking for like comfort food, that's what we'll go go get. Mm. So, yeah. What gotcha. else did I try that I... I know there's... um. No, I, I really cannot remember. Um... Samantha had this Christmas party. I don't think you were there, right? Were you there? Which Samantha? Oh, Samantha Yo. Oh my god, almost forgot her last name. <laughs> Samantha Yo Christmas was party. the first guest on this podcast. Were yeah. you uh, were you there at the part? Theo was there. I don't think you I probably were. went we back had, home. Like, yeah. I, I went back home. Was it 2019? Then right. Um yes. We had like this I went back home. gift exchange. Yeah, and then um, Amelia invited two other Indian friends. I think they are vegetarian. They made, I think it's palak paneer with like the cottage cheese and everything inside. It was so good. Hmm. Yeah, that's like a little Christmas party. And then, you know, we have different people over. And then, yeah, he made this. And it was so, so good. I was hmm. amazed by it. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's something. Yeah, that's kind of like my favorite, and what what I think it when it's memorable means it's good. Mm, right. So I guess these are the things that, yeah, these are the things that I've tried and I really liked. Mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, based off of the people that you've met, I mean, you mentioned mm-hmm. that you'd like to travel. So, what what places would you like to travel to, if you um, haven't already been? If I haven't already been, I. I don't really have a place that I want to go. It's just, it depends on what opportunity I have and, you know, what mm. just comes right up. But I've been to Japan once, um, which is when I was in high school. It was like a student exchange thing. I've been there once, but it was like student exchange and it was about like five to six days. So we only get to see like the generic places and we don't really also get to pick where we want to eat and where we want to go because everything is planned but it was very memorable i would love to go back again um me and ching hao which is my boyfriend 
said that um, if we get married in the future, our honeymoon would be there. Or if not, we're going to spend a full two weeks in Japan. But mm. this is one funny story. So I don't know if you know. So you know, like in Japan, their convenience store are very popular, right? Like 7-Elevens and things mm-hmm. like that. Do you, are you aware of like this? Have you ever heard of like their convenience store, like 7-Eleven or Family? I think it's Family Mart or whatever. Like all of the food that they sell. No. Mm-hmm. Every, okay. Okay, then I'm not the only one. So when I was young, apparently uh-huh. in Japan, convenience stores are really popular. So, okay. for example, their food, they have uh-huh. so many different ones, wide range. The people who work there, they would just go to the convenience store, grab something and go. They have so, so many choices and they are very good. So when mm. people travel to places like Japan, it's like, a place also must go place that you mm. have to go so when i was in high school i remember we came back from like a full day and then a couple stores down there was a 7-eleven and my friend was like mm. Yvonne, do you want to go 7-eleven i'm like no malaysia has one too why do i want to go the one over here <laughs> so i just stayed in the hotel room and chill and everything until i didn't even notice it when i was there until i came back after one or two years when all like you know, mukbangs, like travel videos, travel eating videos are a thing. I only realized mm-hmm. that, oh my God, 7-Eleven in Japan is such a big thing. And I missed my chance. I was in Japan and I did not mm-hmm. go there. So yeah, that's a funny story. And every single time I tell my other friends who know about like um, 7-Eleven is a big thing there, I always get laughed at or criticized because yeah, it is really popular there. And my friend actually invited me. I just said no i'm kind of mad mm. they they weren't like well it's like because i said malaysia has like 7-eleven too but they never say things like it's different like there's so many more things over here mm. <laughs> but yeah i can't i can't blame them but japan is definitely first on my list that i want to visit mm. first yeah when like pandemic's over and i have the capability to like travel the next international country that i want to go Hmm. that's cool that's cool yeah i mean i've heard that japan has very sort of interesting um i don't know if interesting is the word but like also for example they have like vending machines for almost everything uh is that true yeah i i believe there's some restaurants when you go there when you walk Mm. in you can order through like a vending machine but obviously, mm. it doesn't send like the ram, like the noodles ramen out from the vending machine. But you just put your money in, and then you select which one you want, and then you will go in with like a ticket or something, and it will show it to them. But I know they have a lot of different vending machines too. Mm. But convenience store like Seven Eleven or Family Mart's are pretty big over there. Mm. Not, I don't think it's over there. I think it's for tourists. Like gotcha. it's a must go for tourists. But right, yeah. right, right. Like I said, oh, like I say, I'm a food lover. Mm-hmm. So, Japan has a lot of delicious, delicious food. So, yeah, mm. that's what that's mm. why I want to go. Part of the gotcha. reason. Mm. What else about J- Japanese culture do you find interesting? Um. 
or cu- that so, you're curious about? I've been there once, right? Like I said, they are very, very polite people. So my friend mm-hmm. actually, when I went there for high school exchange, um, my friend mm-hmm. actually lost her purse in Universal Studios Japan. And she had like everything mm-hmm. inside, like her money, IC and everything. And Universal Studio was our last day. The next day we're flying home. So oh. when she realized her wallet was gone and everything, um, I think she contacted someone in Universal Studios because there's a lot of important things inside. It's not just something yeah. that's not important. So when she arrived in Malaysia, I remember that after a couple of weeks, maybe I don't, I'm not sure how long, but she got she got her purse back with everything intact, like her money, I see everything still in there. And Universal Studios, such a populated like tourist area, and she got her mm. purse back. So I feel like J- Japanese culture is very polite. I've never really encountered anything bad or rude people in Japan at all. Yeah, their culture, mm. their politeness makes me want to go again. Mm. And Ching Hao is a big fan of anime. Mm. and Nintendo, things like that. So you'll have a blast, definitely, for sure, over there. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And yeah, when you mentioned the politeness, it reminded me of this other thing. So I don't know how into you are or how sports works. I don't know how interested you are in sports, but um, soccer in... or football. Oh, okay, sports, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when Jap- um when the Japanese team was playing in the 2018 FIFA World Cup, okay. uh, they were playing, I think, in the quarterfinal or something against Belgium. Uh, and they lost by a very close margin. So, like, they were very disappointed. But still, the fans and even the players, they cleaned up their whole dressing room and everywhere where they were seated. They, like, cleaned it like it was before they came in and they left. And there were pictures of these, like, floating around everywhere. If I can find like an article that talks about it, I'll also tag it in the description oh. below. But um, yeah, I found that really intriguing. You know, like how, you know, even after like, because I mean, diehard fans are very emotionally attached. And yeah. when you're like, when your team loses, I don't necessarily think that people necessarily go as far as thinking about, oh, I should still do my, like, you know, I should still clean up around me or whatever. They, they Some people leave, in a fit of anger or whatever. But the fact that like everybody sort of did that, I was just really fascinated by it. So yeah, yeah. that was another thing yeah. that I'd heard, which I found really interesting. Yes. Yeah. In Japan, it was really clean too. And then I think they have one of the most like not nice, um, you know, the toilet system where they have uh-huh. all sorts of function. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember it anymore, but I know that there's a lot of buttons. And and they were all in Japanese, so I couldn't really read it. But yeah, they they are very very clean and polite, and yeah, it's just a very um interesting culture. Even though they're like collectivists, but yeah, they are. So I really want to go there again. Mm-hmm. You said collectivists. Yeah, I I think that's the word collectivism. So that's also what, what does that mean. Um, so, for example, in the United States, people over here are indi- individualistic. 
they're more on like you know the importance of yourself and basically your self-interest and everything so U.S. would be considered as a individualistic country, whereas right. in Japan there will be collectivist, collectivism, collectivistic. I don't know which is the right word, but collectivism. Yeah, that's the Japanese culture, which means that um, they don't really follow their own opinion. They're more like they follow leaders or. They're very good in following others, and they don't really like change. That's also one of the things that I've, I just learned. I mm. I've learned it like a couple years back when I was like undergraduate, but it was it came to me much more clearer when I took a class, um, last semester, the one that just ended. So yeah, that's kind of like there's a lot of different types. So Japanese culture is more collectivism. Like they don't really like change, and then they will just go along with. What like the bigger group says? I think that's more of like an Asian culture type. Sounds about right, right? And then America、mm. is more individualistic. So,、mm. Yeah. Interesting. Observing those two cultures, like you've been to Japan. I mean, you went in high school, but you sort of are a little more aware of Japanese culture than I am, <laughs> <laughs> and、uh, American individualism. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you see that overlaps between the two, even though they're different? Um, I don't know. Probably no. And also because the last time I went, it was like sixteen.、Mm. Right? Yeah, it was sixteen. So it was a long time back then, and I wasn't aware of so many things right, back then.、Right. But I wouldn't. I think, I believe, no. I、mm. I want to say I don't know, but the chances、okay. of it is very small because I think they're very two like they're two very different ones.、Mm. So yeah, but I don't know. Maybe the next time I go, I will, you know, see、yeah. more things and everything. It's just like asking what are the similarities between like. A more Asian culture and like Western culture,、mm. so you can't really find any similarities. Right? I don't know. What do you think? Let me think. I mean, I think it depends. Because, for example, like、yeah. if you were to compare America and India,、uh, they're similar、mm-hmm. in the fact that we have many states, and those states、oh, have their、okay. individual culture in a weird way.、Uh, okay. Not weird in a bad way, but weird in a good way. So、uh, yeah, you know that is a similarity between a country in the West and a country in Asia. Okay.、Um, so yeah, just something like that. Now I was just curious. Maybe the aspect of technology, because both countries are very forward with technology. I mean, I'm assuming Japan is probably a little more ahead than America. Yeah, probably、speaking. too. I'm not too sure, but I believe I want to believe so with like the toilet system and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but yeah. Fair.、Uh, I don't know why my head is wanting me to ask this question. So anyway, I'm gonna. I will ask you、yeah. anyway. <laughs> Are you? Do you prefer the Japanese toilet system or the American toilet system? Um. Okay. So, if you're comfortable sharing, that... if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. No. 
I just don't want people to get angry because because I'm criticizing their toilet system or like their bathroom system. So I don't know why Americans' bathroom, their gap between the doors are so big. I don't know if you realize it in your men's bathroom. Probably they're all the same. But like the cubicles, the gaps between like the doors, like how it closes and everything, they're huge. You can actually see someone inside if you want to. But obviously we don't. But you can actually see. And back in Malaysia, we have this thing called the... I think it's bidet. Bidet. It's bidet. Bidet? Do you know? Bidet? Yeah, like a B-I-D-E-T? Bidet? Yes. Bidet? Yeah. Ah, See? (laughs) Yeah, so we have that in our bathroom. Like our toilet. Mm -hmm. Even in like public toilets and stuff but america nope so that was one thing that i struggle with and yeah so i guess it's not just the japanese bathroom or like the american bathroom or like the toilet it's just basically how where i come from and then america's bathroom with huge gaps and yeah that's one of the things that my 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 friend also recently just told me like she doesn't understand why does the gap is so big and it's really awkward because sometimes when you you can see outside and then when you accidentally just look at the person who's outside or inside and then it's just a weird moment i know i know it's but weird, yeah. especially if you end up somehow making eye contact yeah no that is weird. yeah yeah but yeah that's that's one of the things that i don't understand yeah, no, I, I, so I guess it shows agree. how like more open this culture is rather than I don't know if bathroom actually makes a difference in portraying <laughs> culture, <laughs> but I guess people Maybe. here are more comfortable. Yeah, so yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I haven't thought about it that way, but um, yeah, like also, <laughs> I prefer like like you. Even in India, we use um water or like we have like these spray taps um uh-huh. next to the next to the toilet or yeah, next to the commode something depending yeah. on what people like call it height and stuff yeah 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 so i little. definitely prefer that over using toilet paper <laughs> yeah. this is this is probably too much information but <laughs> I wherever know. i go I was, when i when i mentioned about like the pipe system i was like i'm just gonna say that that thing exists and Americans don't just don't want to go too yeah. much into it, but yeah, that's one of the interesting fact about Malaysia and India. If you don't know, <laughs> yeah, 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 no, definitely, definitely. Because yeah. I try to find ways wherever I can. I try to find ways to use water instead of using um, toilet paper. So. But I've kind of somehow I have to adapt to it. So it's interesting okay. how. It's an extra work in a bathroom, but somehow Malaysia's every single bathroom they can have it. Even though we are like a still developing country, like we're not mm-hmm. like America developed, we can have that in every single. It's so interesting how, like, what a country's like needs is, and just the right. usual thing that yeah. So yeah, see this kind of things. I, I would just think about it. And I'm, I'm taking this class also previously called Public Diplomacy, where it just talks about how different countries interact with each other and how you basically um, brand 
your own country, like you brand an item. So, yeah, we talked a lot about different countries, like how they, how they do things, and what a difference, what are the differences between each and every country. Right. So, mm. yeah, yeah, and I think I don't know how true this is in Malaysia, but at least in India, um, culturally speaking, um, when it comes to like. The practice of using the restroom usually associate your left hand with using the restroom, oh. right? So usually, like if you're washing your behind, you usually use your uh-huh. left hand to wash, and um, which is why no. people, at least from what I know, which is why mm-hmm. people sometimes when they see people eating with their left hand, like why are you oh. eating with your left hand? Eat with your right oh. hand. Oh, <laughs> okay. So I think this might be more of I don't know if it's religious or not. Chinese culture definitely have nothing like that because we don't eat with our hands, so we don't、mm. really have um. But I know, um, the Islam's the Malay culture they probably have it because I've heard of like um the left hand and right hand like eating like which one is the right way. So maybe they have that. So maybe they have that. So but for Chinese we don't. Like I know,、mm. yeah, Indians some of them like it with. With your hands too, so maybe that's why you guys have this mindset because no, we use、yeah. chopsticks or forks and spoons. So <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. No, and people eating with forks with their left hand that is fine, but like because we're we're a culture that eats with our hands, right? So, yeah.、Uh, oh, that's yeah. Funny. So sometimes, I. So do you keep that in mind? Like, are you always are you constantly using your right hand? I mean, yeah, because if you're a Right-handed person, then obviously you would eat with your right hand. But are you always conscious about like your left hand is more of like the dirty one, and then you don't really eat with it or like pick things like pick food up with it, or it's just you're used to it. I mean, I think because like as kids we were raised in a way to just use our right hands. Even、yeah. if I'm eating something that needs two hands, I tend to usually figure out a way to eat it with just one hand, but. Like for example, if I'm eating a sandwich, I don't mind grabbing a sandwich in two hands. I still grab、yeah. it in two hands. I mean, I know enough that I've washed my hands properly and that they're clean、yes. to know that I can, like you know, grab、yeah. a sandwich with two hands rather than just holding it with yeah. one. Yeah. So you know that way, like for support, yes. But generally,、mm-hmm. when I'm eating, it's usually just the right hand, right hand.、Mm-hmm. But if I need support, yeah, then I go into the. I, then I use my left hand. But yeah, it's just interesting how like <laughs> that plays a role into the way that we、mm. eat food. Yeah,、and、yeah. Oh, see, this is what. Yeah, that's that's why I say it's really interesting that each and every culture you just have something that you never know about, and when you talk to people, and then you just learn a little bit more things like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Speaking of food, you mentioned that you're a foodie. So yes,、um, I I. When did you notice that you were a foodie? Was it something that was always part of like、Ooh. your childhood, or no? I think I just love to eat. I don't、oh. like. I don't want to say I'm like a food critic. I'm. I don't want to say I'm very particular on what kind like I want to have. I'm a foodie,、yeah. and you know, I just love food. It doesn't have to be super super tasty, but obviously. You know there must be some standard, and I do also have my likes and dislikes. So,、mm. I I don't even know what 
is the definition of foodie? Is it just like you like food? Or what what do you think is the definition of foodie? I think it is like someone who really likes food. I mean, because I think like the differentiating factor is like there is a saying, right? Uh, I don't know if you've heard this, but um, I've heard my mom say it a lot and even in other places. Um, you live to eat. You don't... Mm-hmm. Wait. No, 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 no. You eat to live. Rather. I got it wrong. Sorry. You okay, eat you to eat live. To mm-hmm. You don't live to eat. Mm-hmm. Do you see the difference? So for a foodie, which it will mean that you kind of live to eat. Kind of, yes. That's that's how I look at it. That's kind of how I look how I look at it because a lot of the times I think a foodie associates happiness and joy with food. Yes. Right? There's a lot of emotion mm-hmm. involved with food. Yes. Whereas with the first way of like eating, you're just eating for sustenance. You're eating yeah, for right. You're living. for you're like breathing, like you need food to survive. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. exactly. So so which means that people who are not a foodie don't really think much about I think this is one of the reason I would say I'm in like a very lucky lifestyle and a more privileged lifestyle mm. because some people don't even have like, you know, the ability of choose what, like choose what to eat. Right. Like people yeah. who struggle with hunger and all of those types. So yeah, actually what you say made me realize that, yeah, I'm very thankful mm. for what I have to actually get to choose and say if I like this or not because some people don't even get to say they like it because they only have this choice mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not even not even if it's sufficient for them huh. yeah kind of makes me feel sad now but but yeah like I like I say if I when did I realize I'm a foodie I don't know just ever since young I think where I grew up from my food is just really tasty and yummy so I'm mm. uh, in Malaysia, where I live right now is a city called Kuala Lumpur, but I was born in Penang. That's my hometown. And Penang is known for, in Malaysia, known for one of the states that have really great authentic foods. And they're more, um, more I think Penang is more of a Chinese populated state. So a lot of our food is more Chinese, like a mm. lot of the dishes and stuff yeah so I grew up there and I just have a lot of I'm not really picky on what the only thing that I don't like is bean sprouts interesting I Hmm. I I I think it's because there are some times where I've tasted bean sprouts they're not I don't think they're fresh and then they have this weird taste I don't know if you Mm. tasted it before when it's not fresh Mm. it has this really icky weird Mm. no (laughs) so but in Penang there's a lot of different dishes where they have um, bean sprouts in it like noodles and everything if that bean sprouts is not fresh and you put it into a noodle soup it ruins the entire thing because the entire soup and noodles kind of have that smell and taste or maybe I'm very sensitive about it so yeah that is one thing that that's the early one of the things that I don't like, but it's really weird because in Malaysia, our chicken rice, I mm. eat the bean sprouts in chicken rice because every single time the bean sprouts in chicken rice just somehow are always fresh. I've never tasted bad ones. 
and mm. they taste good all together. But if it's in like our soup noodles or in like the Vietnamese pho, I know people put a lot of bean sprouts in it. No, I've never because they're raw, and they just put it into their soup because when it's hot, it kind of like cook them a little bit, but they're still raw to me. So no. Mm. But yeah, I only eat bean sprouts in Malaysian chicken rice, or um, there's this Korean side dish where the bean sprouts are like big ones, mm. and those, yeah. Other than that, mm. I don't really have them. So that's the one of the things that I don't like with mm. bean sprouts. Interesting. Interesting. I'm sorry, I I don't uh, think you asked me what is this, but I just no no no. It's okay. It's okay. Bean sprouts, but yeah, <laughs> it's all good. never really realized okay. when I like food though. I'm just always, I'm just always very excited for food. Hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, I guess that sort of weird like smell or sensation of it comes because of the fact that, if I'm not mistaken, like the way that you sprout these beans. Is that for like the first day or whatever, like however long mm-hmm. you like prepare it, you first prepare it in water, right? Like you fill, mm-hmm. yes, you put some beans in a container and put some water. And then once you've, once you've let it sort of like, if you've triggered its growth in a way, you then remove the water and then just store it by itself with very little moisture for it to start sprouting. So when it's mm-hmm. without that moisture in a closed container with like sense with some humidity, I think that maybe makes it taste weird. Um, Do you like bean sprouts? Are you okay? I don't mind them. Yeah, I'll eat them. Okay. Yeah, I'll eat Like them. the fact that you just explained to me like in the condition where they grow with like a humid eye. <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Probably will have that in my mind every single time I see them now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they just have this if they're fresh and okay, but sometimes they have this aftertaste i don't know it's not mm-hmm. all bean sprouts though but i don't want to risk yeah. the bad one because it would just ruin my entire like flavor mm. so yeah i i i remember you're a vegetarian right or you strive to be or you yes that's the eventual goal my eventual goal is to go vegetarian yeah so are you are you still eating any kind of meat right now um so i've gradually phased it out um, okay and like yeah with phasing it out like speaking about beans i think that's one of the sources of uh mm-hmm. decent protein so yeah i mean in between i did like i've been quite on and off with going vegetarian um mm-hmm. but yeah gradually like the goal is to phase it out uh, mm-hmm. what, what the reason you... why i've been oh yeah. go ahead no reason i i just wanted to ask why you like chose to be a vegetarian and you wanted to be sure. a vegetarian yeah yeah i can i can i'll answer that uh but first i was gonna say like the reason why i'm so on and off with it is probably also because i'm a foodie and <laughs> this is not probably the best thing but i tend to associate a lot of emotion with food um oh. stress eat all that sort of stuff so maybe that's why i've mm. been quite on and off with it but um the reason why i gradually want to go vegetarian is I, there's multiple reasons one of them um, is because I've uh, I've had arthritis and oh uh, you've had yeah so... I've been uh, been under medication for it for like oh. nine years or so 
And, but but yeah. you are still like if you don't take care well, it will still come back, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so to avoid those flare ups from happening, it's best to sort of transition into more of a vegetarian lifestyle. Isn't it red meat is the one that will trigger that? I think mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, beans are also one of them because I don't know if my my grandpa has that too, but I remember it was red meat and beans. Mm. I don't know if it's. I think it depends on what kind of beans, also. No, and of course, like you shouldn't be eating a ton of beans, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that can also be problematic. Because yeah, the both beans and red meat tend to have yeah. a lot of uric acid, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think I think acid is the one that yeah, the yeah. Okay. Yeah. What other? So yeah, that's one of the reasons why, and the other reason is also sort of religious slash spiritual in a way that mm-hmm. um, after I read uh, the Bhagavad Gita, which is like one of the mm-hmm. books in Hinduism, uh, okay. it sort of talks about like how killing animals for food sort of affects our karma or like how people over here call mm-hmm. it karma. <laughs> yeah. Um, how that sort of affects our karma as people and all that sort of stuff. Um, okay. So that just got me thinking. And which is why I'm like, okay, gradually I want to phase it out. Like, I don't want to be eating meat for the rest of my life. So I would say that those are the two reasons. I would say that those are the two main reasons. I actually, like, the thought of wanting to be a vegetarian comes Mm. on and off on me. Like, I would, the reason, one of the reasons I also want to become vegetarian but i don't think i'm so determined determined enough to actually switch that out yet because like i say i'm a foodie and mm-hmm. is the taste that once like is the taste and how how good it tastes like once just i just cannot change like become a vegetarian so fast but one of the mm-hmm. reasons why is also because animals like i don't want to say i'm a huge advocate for like animal cruelty and stuff like that but sometimes I just feel like I'm so hypocritical because whenever I see videos of like cute, you know, um, pigs and stuff like they're just so adorable. But you never had to kill these animals yourself, and you're just mm. consuming it because it's really like that, and it's been a norm for so 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 long. So you just consume right. it. So what I see is that every single time I'm like, oh, this pig is so cute, like on Instagram or TikTok. But the fact that later on I think about it, I'm always eating like bacon or all these porks and meats. I don't know. It's just sometimes I just avoid this questions so that I don't think mm-hmm. about it. You know, yeah. like we do mm-hmm. best by just avoiding our problems. But this is also one of the reasons why I want to, but I cannot, I'm I'm trying to think of alternatives. Like, for example, if I really, can I really, like, for example, just um, give up bacon? And I'll think of, is there any other alternative? And a lot of the times, Chinese soups, like the way we cook it, we use a lot of pork bones mm. to make it really flavorful and tasty. It's not necessarily right. like the meat and everything, but like, the pork bones and everything, the essence, when we boil it together, it tastes really, really good. So, mm. like, I love soup. Can I 
give up that? Like, is there another alternative that I can replace and then to make it um, taste the same or also really delicious? So these are the things that I'm like slowly thinking about if I can replace it. Like mm. any other things that I can replace it to um, so that will be as tasty. Like because I'm a foodie, I love food so much. Like the taste, it's not that I like to eat meat because I need meat. Is the right. taste that comes with it, like how delicious mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. taste that makes it. But at the same time, it's so hypocritical. Ah, I just, yeah, I just felt... No, like, we're all hypocrites in many ways. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. that's that's one of the things. I, I thought about slowly transitioning into just seafood and maybe just be, you know, pescatarian. But recently, mm-hmm. I've also read something about how like fishing and all these things were also bad for the environment in the sea mm-hmm. like the sea life mm-hmm. so that's another issue as well mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah i feel like we humans really really created a lot of problems to this mm-hmm. you know mother nature and yeah so like want to be maybe i because i've tried like in my refrigerator i maybe I'll just not buy any meat. Like, the only meat I have, I think, before I left Oklahoma was sausage. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't buy any source. And I, I could still survive, but I think long-term, I will miss it. Mm. I, I will want to go back and, you know, like, eat it. But it's not like I cannot survive without it. So this is right. a long-term thing that I will think about. It's not like a no for sure. Maybe I'll cut down the consumption mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's what I think. Yeah, it's a thought. Vegan, probably no, it's too hard. Because to cut mm-hmm. out like any sorts of like animal product, like dairy milk and eggs, those are way too hard for me. And I don't think my body can take it. I mean, probably mm-hmm. can if I just transition it slowly. But vegetarian or pescatarian might be something that I would look into more mm. in the future. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Because I think the reason why we why we eat meat is, as I mean, as humans, like through evolution, like plants, for those, for those our ancestors, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. like our very early ancestors, like plants were, while they were available, um like eating animals like also provided them with a lot of benefits so i feel like that just dropped down to like the current generation of humans as well because it's sort of available and um for example like i feel like in america meat is very cheap (laughs) Mm -hmm. if you compare it to vegetables and like stuff like that right Mm -hmm. Uh, so i feel like Mm that sort of transition in a way to where Meat is readily available for us. Yeah, but widely then, like, available. The factory yeah. farming, mm-hmm. And like the factory farming, like you said, of fishes or like anything else have sort of unfortunately also affected nature. So I think it's that balance of... Yeah. Now we've broken that balance between need and greed. You know, now it's turned into like, yes. not us specifically, but like yes. the human race in general. Um, you know, like we've become more greedy with meat or whatever which is why there's like a lot of things going wrong with it and 
which is why I don't necessarily disagree with like the vegan sort of principle of going mm-hmm. against uh, mm-hmm. factory farming because mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of negative things that come with it I, like in terms of yeah. how it affects nature yeah yeah go ahead I I know someone who like was a vegan and the things that he t- he's not the extreme kind you know there's mm-hmm. some vegans can they're like really crazy especially tiktok vegans mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah he uh, kind of just tells me why he was a vegan because even though eggs and like milk are not animals but the way they they produce it is yeah. really really suffering it's not natural at all so that's one of the reasons why he go vegan but yeah mm. no that yeah and um the thing is is that like you said there are some extreme um mm-hmm. vegans as well who will sort of attack mm-hmm. you for eating meat or whatever and eventually mm-hmm. here's the thing i i personally believe that people can eat whatever the hell they want to eat mm-hmm. you know like it's not my business to come and screw with your life for mm-hmm. eating something you know yeah uh, yeah cuz like even in, like for example choice. yeah it's still your choice like i mean ethically speaking or whatever it just depends like and, if you feel and you cannot just it, yeah. blame others because like we grow up eating it we didn't mm-hmm. it wasn't like all of a sudden oh i i want to kill these animals and i want to eat it it became like a norm like i said so yeah, yeah. i feel like you cannot just blame people it's definitely your choice in the future whether you want to choose like a different route or not right so what right. where and... where are you where are you now like are you just slowly transitioning off is it do you have like days or how do you how do you manage you know from like a meat eater and then transition to like you say cuz you say you're a foodie too and then the reason yeah. why you go on and off is also because of that so how how you how did you like control yourself and manage yourself and all these things so i've noticed that so every time i've stopped i've stopped it cold turkey which basically means like i drop it i don't eat it at all okay. and whenever i've done that after some time and unfortunately i feel the need to fall back mm-hmm. i need the feel i feel the need to sort of fall back and eat um the longest time mm-hmm. that i went vegetarian was close to 6 months yeah 6 okay. 6 months i didn't eat wow. any meat um but then not I, even I like fish like, or seafood not at all right Okay. nothing uh not even eggs just milk mainly um okay. and um i think it was like late march or early april where the stress of just school got too much and mm-hmm. um yeah i i sort of like gave myself cuz again like like i mentioned i like, tend um... to attach some emotions with food so i uh, ended up falling on it or falling back on it rather for a month and two weeks i guess cuz now from this week again i went back to eating vegetarian but i've told myself that i'll give myself at least a day or two in the week where i'll eat mm-hmm. chicken and then mm-hmm. gradually maybe stop cuz yeah, like i said I, whenever yeah, i've like okay. dropped it off it's mm-hmm. i've always fa- fallen back on it so i need to be a little more mindful of how i do it yeah, i'm still figuring it out of- determination right it requires a lot of discipline yeah. like mental discipline as well 
especially for a foodie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Like when I come back to maybe in America I can, but if I come back to Malaysia, there's so many things that I miss and I used to eat growing up that I cannot mm-hmm. just give up because they are really really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. So definitely in America, I can I can try I can go for not um being a meat eater. Like I say, I I don't really know if I can give up seafood though because I really really love seafood, and yeah, it's just that whenever I say I really really love seafood or I really really love bacon, like at the back, all these animals are killed and they can really really feel pain. So yeah, like you say, we're all hypocritical. I just avoid. Thinking about it a lot sometimes, and mm. it's just sad how this is like the reality. Yeah, because, yeah. like I said, right? Like in the sense that we're all hypocrites about a lot of things, but mm-hmm. I think it also like takes us realizing that we can change. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like I said earlier. Oh, oh go ahead. Yeah. Were you gonna say? No, something? I'm so sorry. I I, I keep cutting it because thoughts keep coming no, 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 you're to good. my mind. But you're good. I. So there are a type of people that I don't like, which is people, for example, who I'm not I'm not like targeting anyone in specifics, just that in the past I've seen like a lot of people who post on social media about like makeups and stuff and then they listed out um they share the post of which makeup products and stuff like that are not animal cruelty free and you should like ban them. Mm. Or maybe, for example, there's this shoe brand I don't I think it's Ux or UGGs like the mm. fur that they use it's how they how they use it how they how they take it from the sheep is really really cruel and if you want to be someone who advocate for this and complain about all of this you should not eat meat at all you cannot be a meat eater if you are someone who wants to complain about all these things because like I say I I seldom really share all these kind of things on social media because I felt like at the same time I'm a hypocrite. So if I want to share something like that, first of all, I need to make sure that myself is doing my part. I'm not eating mm. any kind of meat at all. So right. I know people are trying, you know, you cannot... I know there's also a saying that when you take care of this, you cannot... I'm just one person. You're just one person. You cannot take care of every single thing. But just do your part well first before you ask others to do and behave Mm. so like i've actually a friend who came to me and told me when i had the boots and then she mentioned something like um you shouldn't wear it because it's very cruel i didn't really say anything at first it was a long time ago i'm pretty sure we're all immature during like high school and stuff but in my mind i was like you're not a vegetarian you're not someone who really loves animals to the point where you really don't eat them. So right. it makes me think that what was your right to just come and just tell me not to wear all these shoes or not to do all these things when you're not someone who, you know, do the same. So mm. those people annoys me a lot. Mm. Yeah. Even, even those extreme vegans doesn't take me off as much as these people because the vegans are really really doing their part and whatever they can get mad and you know talk about you you just have to ignore them but these people are the one that will annoy me if 
you're not someone who's like vegetarian or vegan, then don't just come and tell me what products not to use or what not to do. Mm. So yeah. Interesting. I think that's just the problem of society today in how we are oh, there's a weird section of society that mm-hmm. is very like into activism but mm-hmm. they're not fully into it you know what i mean like yeah it's, it's sort of like they're doing it i don't know some of it is maybe just a way to preach to the crowd or to like maybe of... i think maybe at that moment they think it's wrong but they never thought mm. about so many other things that they've done that's also wrong and they never reflect on right. themselves but they just think this is wrong and they want to share it right right yeah so sometimes a lot of the times when i feel like sharing i reflect on myself first because i feel mm-hmm. like reading all these yeah sometimes it's good to share but also i will try to reflect on myself if i've done any of these things before i actually share it. like i should be more aware first than asking people who are around me to be aware mm. Mm. yeah fair enough i think because it's it's like a lot of those things go right like um practice what you preach or mm-hmm. be the change that you want to see all that sort of stuff it's it's like it goes back to what you just said right if you want to do some if you want to advocate for something do it yourself mm-hmm. yeah sort of learn about it to know why it's beneficial for us as people so no i totally get it i totally get where you're coming from um i think unfortunately it's just a product of society that we live in right now where yeah. social media it's... has given everybody a platform to just and i'm not saying that social media is bad not at all but mm-hmm. um it's given every given everybody a voice and everybody a platform to an mm-hmm. extent where people tend to attack each other sitting behind a screen mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. some of the things that other people like doing or whatever so yeah yeah it's just and that I, weird dynamic it's 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 sometimes this community or society can be really toxic because i really don't understand how people can just bash about other people on mm-hmm. so like cyberbullying those are crazy Yeah. It's like real life bullying happens and now with social media there's also cyberbullying. Yeah. Why can't people just, you know, keep their words to themselves and just spread positivity? Why do you have to point out something that you don't like about this person that you don't even know that much? And kind of just Yeah, I I I I cannot with hate sometimes. It's yeah. just It's not that I cannot take criticism. Criticism and hate is different. Different, pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it goes back to the fact that now everybody has the opportunity to voice their opinion. And mm-hmm. sure, I'm like, you know, fair enough. Voice your opinion, that's fine. But I think you have to understand that um not everything you say is going to be not everybody's going to accept what you say. So I think yeah. that is the issue, right? Like the way we say it, we want everybody to sort of accept what we're saying or believe us for what yeah. we're saying and all that sort of stuff. But we have to come to understand that that's not possible because we're all different mm-hmm. people. Be that on social media or be that in person. So, yeah, it's just I think it's just that understanding that 
we don't tend to have as much um which sort of it sort of leads us in that direction because i mean i don't mind like if people are being vulnerable about something vulnerability yeah. can be associated with a sense of being like negative about yourself in a way but sort of accepting yourself at the same time there there's many different dynamics to being vulnerable but i'm okay with people being vulnerable on social media that is different from you know like attacking people yeah so you know i think there's 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 a lot of gray area in terms of how mm-hmm. uh, people use social media today but I, I, yeah it's yeah i'm glad that i like on social media i don't really get i remember last time when i was in high school i don't know if india or any other i think america has it before but have you heard of ask fm it's ask fm yeah i feel like i've heard about it it's basically this platform where um the person who reply to you or can make a status on your profile anonymously so that person can attack you or say good things about you and you just get oh. a comment but you don't know who that person is i think if i if i remember correctly i think you can show your identity or not like you can choose to be anonymous or not like it's a long time ago i don't really then it was very popular during that time when i was high school and i created this account too just like everyone else and it associated with twitter so you can like share it and there was this i don't know how many but there's a couple of comments i don't know if they're from the same person was spreading hate on my profile but i feel like i wasn't really upset to me i think cuz it was just a minor hate to me mm-hmm. i just felt really interesting because oh someone actually hates me i actually was <laughs> grabbing people's attention right. i I did not I, I don't want to say I enjoy like the hate attention but at the same time I realized how many friends I have who stood up for me and mm. I feel sad for this person because she's she or she's just like anonymously attacking me behind my back until up until now I don't know who is it because it's really scary because everyone I know seems really nice mm-hmm. and so right. the people who attack me can be one of these people or mm. can be someone who i don't really know but i just thought that these people were just jealous or you know i'm happy they were specifically attacking about me in chinghao how i'm just being like i don't deserve him things like that and a lot of other things so yeah it was interesting so that's the only hate i got when i I was in high school. I don't really get a lot. We we are we are pretty close to each other. So when that anonymous platform thing came out, I think not only me, but there are probably some other people who got these kind of hate as well, which is really, mm. which is yeah, which is really sad for those people. Mm. I've never heard about this. Like I've never heard of. I've heard the word ask dot fm. But oh I'm yeah, not, it's ask dot uh, fm. I just leaved out the dot, but yes, it's ask dot fm. Yeah, but I've never heard about like this sort of anonymous, um, yeah, anonymous uh, attacking and all that sort of stuff. It's, Damn. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder. I wonder why the person who made it actually made it. Um, 
maybe maybe that's something that I'll research about later. But no, that's really interesting. Uh, yeah, because you know that people can take advantage for it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, so. and people like us actually download and like have fun with it. It's there. There are also stupid comments where people just say, "Oh, you're really cute," and then you don't know who that person is. So it was really fun when there's like positive things. But when, like for example, I have a lot of friends who stood up for me, who backed me up. But what if those people who were just constantly receiving so much hate? It's just sad. Mm. It's really like the negativity on them is such a huge amount. Where yeah, you're right. I don't even know what's the motive behind this like platform, which it can mm. be really toxic. But it same goes to social media right now because you can just create an account where nobody knows who are you True. and you can just go around and detect people. So yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. If I find something interesting about ask.fm, I'll attach it again in the description. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's in our hands. Like like after all, it's an individual's choice, right? So there's one of two ways you can look at it. You can either um, choose what you follow or what you subscribe to in terms mm-hmm. of be it the people that you follow on Twitter or the channels that you subscribe to on YouTube or anything like that mm-hmm. or um you could try and actually talk to people and sort of advocate for changing things which both ways work a combination of them works too but i think with the second one you don't necessarily have as much control because after all like trolls will always want to troll <laughs> be it for bad or for worse so i think it's really yeah. hard to control but i think social yeah. media can still be a good place it's just mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. there are some bad faith actors also. Mm-hmm. Like right now, so many people are aware of so many issues and things like that. Yeah, social media can be a great, great platform to share a lot of things. So have you, I was just curious, have you ever like gotten any um, hate or dislikes on your um, podcast platform right now? Or are you doing, have you received any sort of negativity? <laughs> I don't think it's become big enough for it to go to that point yet. So no, <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Mm. Um, and even if I do at some point, maybe I'll try and have a conversation with that person. I mean, I know whenever I hear a lot of like YouTubers who it have like a million subscribers. <laughs> so <laughs> when that person is anonymous, you don't even get to know who is attacking you. So yeah. Yeah, but I feel like if that ever happens in the future, I don't really think it's an issue because I feel like, you know, you will always have more people support you than or exactly than have right. all these negativity. Right, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And usually that's the thing, right? Like even when like people, like whenever you've heard a lot of content creators talk about it, there's usually 99% positive comments and 1% of negative yeah. comments. But yeah. because of our like survival instinct as like humans uh, mm-hmm. and the way that we've evolved, that mm-hmm. negative comment sort of makes us go crazy. So mm, yeah. So it's it's that thing. But like, yeah, we can change it. Like we can definitely change the way that we look at it. We can just choose yes. to look at the 99%. Mm-hmm. Or... You know, you can maybe try true. and have a conversation with the 1%, but if they're not willing to budge, Very then you just true. let go. Yeah, yeah, I think, speaking about 
let go letting go I think I'm a person who need to learn how to do that Mm. like on the letting go and because I'm a person who can hold grudges for very long but I obviously won't show you know take revenge and stuff it's just I feel like not letting go it's hurting me more than Mm -hmm. whoever created this you know emotion on me but it's really not easy it's not like something that you can just say, oh, I want to let go and then the next moment or the next day is just gone. Yeah. So, yeah. Think of letting go. That is something that I would like to also improve on in myself in the future. Because, yeah. Yeah, I think it takes time. I think it takes time to learn how to let go and yeah. to sort of accept things also. Because... A part of letting go also, I think, involves... Yeah, it is really interesting in how a part of letting go also is associated with being able to forgive someone. And mm-hmm. forgiving someone doesn't necessarily have to mean, at least in this case, that you're going to be happy-go-lucky with them and like bring them back into your life or anything like that. Forgiving them can just mean that you're like accepting what they did and you accept their apology for it or whatever. But that doesn't mean that you can op- open your arms to them or open your doors to them again. You can always sort of separate them from your lives and like physically let go of them, but at the same time, like mentally let go of them as well. Because I think, yeah, like and like you said, like it's really tiring, right? Because it takes energy for you to hold grudges. Yeah. It takes energy for us, like as people, to hold a grudge or to like negatively think about someone, because we are feeding into it. So. Yeah. That affects yeah, it, us more than that person who we are mad about. So right. sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. But also it's really hard to mm-hmm. not get mad and talk about it or yeah, I just felt like it's an it's a very actually is a quite unhealthy um emotions for your for your like mental health. Mm-hmm. I mean sort of like complaining and stuff like that can be good sometimes but holding grudges or not being able to let go in a long period of time it's really damaging yeah because it yeah because i think every every relationship that you've that's gone bad for you i think we sort of tend to perceive it or we tend to hold that grudge forever Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. yeah that can yeah that can affect you really that can affect us as people a lot so yeah i think it really yeah. takes time long like time time definitely can heal but it just takes a long time yeah. yeah and i think as long as as long as we as people are open to changing that mm-hmm. like as, as long as we're open to sort of um letting go gradually mm-hmm. we learn how to because mm-hmm. if you're not if if we're not letting or if we're not willing to let go then we're never going to let go, you know? Um, yeah. It's, it's like, still like the choice is up to us still. Uh-huh. Exactly. So like we still have the choice. If you don't mm-hmm. make that choice, then you're not, it's not going to happen. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It comes down to us making a choice after all. And I think everything, <laughs> not to sound too philosophical or anything, but everything is a choice after all. Like we choose to do something. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Yeah. I I love how our like conversation got from so light like to toilet <laughs> to something so deep. <laughs> no, nice hey, transition. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm and this is uh one of the reasons why like I really find mm-hmm. this like fun because you know we get to talk to people like we had tend to get we get to have a wide range of conversations about a we wide range of anything, topics. Anything, right? To talk about anything, right? Right, yeah. like talk about to we talk about we spoke about drugs, we spoke about Japan, <laughs> we spoke about so we spoke about <laughs> yeah, and now we're speaking about letting go. So you know, yeah, it's because after all, we, we there's so many things going on in here, and like yeah. my hair can probably tell you that I don't know if you can see it with yeah. the camera, but yeah, it's I think everywhere. it's good that you have this podcast because you are constantly like some people they write on journals. Like your yeah, whatever goes in their mind, like your thoughts, they write it out. But instead, you are like conversing it in like this way, which is a very good way of sort of like just releasing out what you think and share what you know. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh. Yeah. I I I used to journal a lot. Now not as much. I tend to journal sometimes, like depending on if I want to write something down. But now I also yeah. like put up written stuff on Instagram or like on Twitter or anything yeah, like that. So like I find a way to let go of whatever yeah. is sort of building inside. I I actually just started my because I'm not like a huge journal like writing girl, but I mm-hmm. I've had made my own like bullet journal thing where I draw and basically all the calendars and stuff. And last month I had this blank page. And I felt like, hmm, I'm not just gonna leave it blank. Why not like do like a month recap, like what happened, what was memorable, what I liked the mm-hmm. most, and things like that. And surprisingly, I could go on and on. And I felt like it's a really good way to capture my memories and what was important to me. And also a monthly recap on why I should be thankful about my life. Mm. Yeah. Mm, definitely, so, like journaling. Is really helpful. I'm um, sorry, but you can add something to that. Oh no! Yeah, I want. I just wanted to. Yeah, journaling yeah. actually helps surprise me because I've never until the last month was the first time I decided to, you know, just jot down what I. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? No. Yeah. Totally. No, I was just gonna add. Uh. Yeah. I was just yeah. gonna add that it's really helpful because um. This is, I'm not going to go into too much detail about this, but you probably know what I'm going to say next. But um, <laughs> uh, I had a crush on somebody and like things didn't work out. But like for me, like getting through that phase, you probably know this person. And yeah, I'm not going to mention the name, but um, <laughs> uh, okay. like journaling really helped me get over it. Uh, mm-hmm. Like get, ho- get over the feeling. Because mm-hmm. um, I was very resentful in my head about like the way that I went about things not about the person like she really helped me get through it things better right exactly yeah no because because she helped me like like she helped me get through it but um like mentally in my head I had a lot of things still like stuffed in there and like journaling and writing about it helped Mm -hmm. me like let go of that very much you know, so, talking yeah. about like being resentful of yourself, I've never, I never really have anything in my life where I regret so much and I was mad about myself. 
Mm. That is because I know a lot of people struggle with their own thoughts and how they think they are good enough or they could do better. But that's one thing that I would be very confident and happy about myself is that I don't do that because I always think whatever happened already happened. And right. I would just improve myself. Like if if any way like my personality or what I've done kind of created like I hurt that person or whatever I wouldn't be so mad on myself I would just feel guilty for a little while mm-hmm. and then um, I would just remind myself it already happened I really cannot do anything about it and almost it takes me about like three or four days at most mm-hmm. and then yeah so I guess yeah. what can really help you is just think that even you're resentful or you think that you could do better, but that's for the future. You cannot go back and change what exactly. happened. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 And that's definitely one thing that I learned from that experience. And uh, like glad. looking back on it, I definitely am a person, and I've mentioned this probably in a lot of previous episodes as well, but I'm a big believer in things happening for a reason. And like the fact that like you learn mm-hmm. lessons from the things that happen. So mm-hmm. even that experience um like it taught me a lot about the expectations that i kept or like the sense of attachment that i had um and all that sort of yeah. stuff so mm-hmm. yeah definitely like those experiences i'm not i guess resent yeah i don't th- i don't think i resent anything as much anymore um mm-hmm. but yeah that experience like going through that experience definitely helped me get out of that Sorry, I'm glad that state. you're like over and journaling actually helps you because even sometimes you tell someone else that they don't experience the same thing as you they cannot really fully understand yeah and it's to each their own right because like mm-hmm. you you'll only know if you do it for a long period of time because it's not going to change in one day like mm-hmm. I know I continuously journaled for close to three months or so um every day non-stop um, wow every day before going to bed i would sit down and write something um, every day even if it, yeah you just have something to write about i've never tried it but i felt like i might have too because you thought yeah. just go on but every day wow for for a while i don't know if was it was it three months i can't remember honestly but well it was for a long period of time is it still yeah every day yeah So I kept going. I I basically just write on top day 1, day 2, day 3. I'd continue I'd continuously write and so it's just uh, yeah, about your feelings or it's about It was anything like the way that I felt about or my feelings that day or how I felt bef- and I used to write before I go went to bed. So like it was mm-hmm. basically me just draining out my emotions before I went to bed if you will. So yeah, I would usually write write everything out. and then go to sleep um yeah mm-hmm. and that definitely helped me a lot like even with regular stuff like even if i was upset with the way an exam went or <laughs> something else you know i was able yeah. to write that out and write that down and come to terms with the way i felt about things so mm. and yeah like mm. to again to each their own you don't have to like write a full page even if you write bullet points Or even if you like, <laughs> mm. as long as you're not attacking people, 
like even if you're like tweeting <laughs> about it or sharing it on instagram or whatever as long as you're not negatively affecting other people i think it's in a weird way it is some some a way of journaling where you're letting you're putting your thoughts to words yeah. and yeah. in a way you're accepting those thoughts that you have and understanding that it's okay to have those thoughts and that you can let go of them so yeah mhm yeah i think i felt like throughout my journey from um when i first came to us and then right now i would say i personally grew so much oh yeah so same much. so much not trying to brag that i actually grow into this mature person don't want to say i'm mature but yeah so much and i'm thankful yeah. for it i think at the end of the day i just want to be really thankful about everything i have because even though i'm not like the richest person in the world or mm-hmm. i'm not the, the person who can't get fat you know with all these food but i have a healthy body and you know it's just a lot of the things you know i have so many people who love me who care about me and the things that i have like get to study in united states like all these kind of small little things yeah i just have to constantly remind myself that i'm very thankful for everything mhm no yeah i've i've made it a practice or i've tried to make it a practice to where at least once every day i mm-hmm. give thanks like uh mm-hmm. for the things that i have or for the day or anything you know cuz yeah like you said there's a lot of things that we have and in the constant grind of wanting more things we tend to real we tend to forget about things that we already have yes so yeah being being thankful for it can definitely help yeah yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no cuz uh i've i've probably again i've beaten this drum a lot Uh, I mentioned this in a few episodes but one time I was talking to uh my mom and uh, yeah I was just talking to her about like how we are always so worried about wanting more things and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and I got really emotional talking about it that I started crying oh. so I was like yeah, yeah. so it's it's crazy how you know sometimes you have to pour those emotions out so yeah if I go on and on about the things that I'm thankful for I think I'll also cry <laughs> because yeah. yeah we just need to really realize how lucky we are and like for example the classes i've taken last semester and everything so my graduate classes that i'm taking right now like my master's program really open up my my entire like view and mind a lot so yeah i've learned about so many things that the privileges i have or just basically the things that i already have and sometimes like i said we we choose we get to choose what we want to eat you know we get to choose mm-hmm. if we want to be a vegetarian or not like all these yeah. things but some people don't even get to choose and they don't even know if they will have food like the next day so right. yeah these are the yeah just things like that and just wanted to remind people you know maybe what you have is really enough and be thankful That's Definitely. one of the things that my mom taught me too. Mhm. Like when I was young and sometimes I was stubborn and then the things that I said might really be really immature and then she will she yeah, 
she always come back to me and say, you know, you need to learn how to be thankful. Mm. And now I really, really realize that importance. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Same with me too. Like, um, and I think it's like you said earlier, right? Like moving away from home for you has helped you grow a lot and Mm -hmm. has helped you mature in a lot of ways. Um, And yeah, like I think once you sort of mature in a lot of ways, not to say that you're like, not to say that I've matured and I've reached my peak of maturity because I still do stupid things. But, (laughs) um, you know, it's once you reach that level, once you reach a certain level of maturity, I guess, you understand these things even more deeply. I think like the fun things that we do is just the fun things about like our thoughts that goes into our brain and how we really feel about things and look at things are very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. But yeah, I guess that's a beautiful sort of thought uh, of being grateful to sort of mm-hmm. um, end this section of the podcast. We're going to head into the latter stages of the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. First, I don't know if you've seen these videos on Instagram, but we're going to go into the segment called Bish Bash Bosh, <laughs> which is a word association game where I give the guests mm-hmm. five different words, which are recurring mm-hmm. on every episode. And to these five words, you have to respond to them in three words or in three phrases. Mm-hmm. For example, if I was to say food, you'd have to respond to food in three different words. Um, okay. That kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. So for the first word, uh, which is differences. What comes to your mind when I say that word? Differences. Mm, unique. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, people. And culture. Yeah. Mm. Very straightforward, I think. Gotcha. That's nice. Uh, for the second word, what comes to your mind when I say the word nuance? Um, subtle. Mm-hmm. I would say expert mm. and like I feel like sometimes it's a unspoken feeling mm. I agree yeah, it is it is it can be very unspoken sometimes <laughs> definitely definitely uh, for the third word which is learning what comes to your mind? Uh, when you hear that word? So there's this Chinese saying, I don't know how to translate. It's like a, it's a idiom, like Chinese idiom. Mm-hmm. Um, in Chinese, we call it which means um, you learn until you are old every day. Mm-hmm. Like if you live till old, you learn till old. So yeah. That's the phrase that comes to my mind that says learning and also experiences mm. and growth. Mm. Definitely, definitely. Uh, the fourth word is empathy. What comes to your mind when I say the word empathy? Um, also people, like mm-hmm. people and I feel like you also need to learn mm. how to be empathy, empathetic towards the others. And 
understand their mm. situation. So understand. Definitely. Beautiful. And for the last word, uh, what comes to your mind when I say the word similarities? I don't know. It just differences just pop into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fair. A lot of people Maybe have said that, I... and it's really interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, similarities. Um, unknown. Hmm. Because sometimes I think that you notice the differences more than like the similarities that you have because we cannot just put our differences aside you know a lot of the times and not mm-hmm. yeah and last word would be human mm. deep not that different <laughs> not that different we're all the same yeah yeah that's very deep that's very deep but yeah that's a great way to sort of close off this segment so thank you for playing along Yay. on uh bish bash bosh we're gonna head into the last two questions uh oh. well i say this always and i don't know when i'll stop saying this but the last <laughs> question is not really a question but um anyway it's we'll get to that once okay. we're done with this first question uh the okay. first question is how do you relate to people um i listen mm. try to listen yeah i try to listen so that whatever they say i understand and i can relate yeah mm. so it's kind of like a short answer we can go all day long about this but we try to listen and understand Mm, definitely because i think it plays a huge role in trying to relate because if you're listening you sort of get to go into the depths and, of a person yeah and observe right yeah. yeah definitely so yeah no i agree with you totally totally and for the last question which is not really a question okay. <laughs> leave us with a positive thought or a positive quote oh what sorry Did you say leave us with a positive thought or a positive quote? Mm. Anything. Be thankful. Anything. Be thankful. Mm. Just be thankful. Yeah, I feel like that's the big takeaway of our podcast today. Mm. Be thankful for what you have. Yeah, that beautiful, beautiful. And in saying thankful, I'm thankful to you for joining me today. So thank you. Thank you for uh, you know being a part of my quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> hey no totally 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 i'm glad that we could do this um at a time difference and yeah i'm glad that we could have this conversation with like multiple different topics from yeah to <laughs> being thankful it's really so, fun yeah yeah so I'm, i'm glad i'm glad that you had fun so yeah thank you for joining me once again and to those of you who are listening and watching thank you and we'll see you guys next time thank you Thank you for listening to this episode of Perspective Platoon with Pratik. Make sure to follow Ivan on her social media accounts. Subscribe to the podcast, leave a review on the platform of your choice and follow Random Relatability on social media. Share your thoughts 
on the guest introduction post on the Random Relatability Instagram page and also check the description for other sources of information and content that we've talked about today. If you've made it this far, thank you once again. I really appreciate you listening to the entire episode and joining in on the conversation. Until next time, stay safe, take care, and don't forget to keep your mind open to different perspectives because you never know. Random relatability might just be around the corner.